You never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist, for it fades to black. You got a relic, best to keep it true. A ticket to the past, it can bring you to. You got a relic, it come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes back on you. A relic, best to keep it check, true. Check, check. Microphone check. What's good, people? This is the Relic Podcast, and I'm Chad Snow, and thank you for listening. And a shout out to those of you that tuned in to episode 10, Hanging Tough, one about my man LJ. Appreciate it. So I'm going to take you back to 1983-ish, again, going back to like when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, and I just started... My love affair for basketball had just started because we could competitively play basketball against other schools in the town, in the city, in fourth grade. So before that, I was just, the only competition I had was really myself. And I'm not saying, well, yeah, I guess I do have to say that I was better than anyone in my neighborhood. My brother was good, but he hadn't developed yet. He was a lot smaller than me. And he wasn't into it like I was. I was into it. Like, I was going to be Moses Malone. I was going to be Patrick Ewing. I was going to be Akeem Olajuwon. I had the knee pads. I had the socks pulled up. I had it. And I practiced. I was out at the hoop. Our next-door neighbor had a hoop, so I was out at their house shooting all the time. And I loved it. So it was nothing to me to go out and shoot until, you know, the sun went down. My mom had to call me in. But you know when you're, like, growing up and you're young and you have your little neighborhood and your little circle of friends and that's, like, your whole world. That's all you know. Nothing else. Like, your blinders are on. Not on purpose, but just because that's all you got. You're isolated. Your own little neighborhood. So if you're the top dog in whatever it is you happen to be, like basketball for me, or really sports for me, no one was touching me in my neighborhood. And you begin to think like that's the way it is everywhere. everywhere. So then fourth grade rolls around, and we get to play other teams now. We're playing on like eight-foot hoops at the local YMCA. And this is the first time where in my young life we are playing against somebody else that's not in our school. New kids, new faces, new names on the back of your jerseys. And it didn't take me long to realize that I had some rivals that this little basketball world didn't just revolve around me. I ran to this kid named Eric. He played for a Northside school. The school I went to is Simmons Elementary, Southside. Eric played for Howard Hedger, Northside. And he was good. Those of you that grew up in my era, you know what I'm talking about. He was really good. Better than me. 
and that was a hard pill to swallow. And even as a fourth grader, it's not like you knew just right then that he was that much better, but I knew he was good, and I knew he was at least my equal. So then I had a couple choices to make. Do I just give up and be like, uh, there goes my hoop dreams. I'm not the best. I may as well just do something else. I may as well learn how to play the piano or I may as well play another sport. Why bother? Eric's got me. Hell no. That just made me want to work a little harder to be still be the best in my mind. And I was kind of proving it, even at that age. And this little rivalry we had continued on all through our playing career. And there was no doubt about it that he was that dude. Do the math. South Dakota, royalty. But I go back again to fifth grade now. So I'm learning some lessons. I learned a real valuable lesson that there's more to the world than just my little neighborhood and me. But it still doesn't sink in yet. You still need some more lessons. So now we're fifth graders and we move. My brother, myself, and my mother, we move to the north side of town now. So we go from Simmons Elementary to a north side school, C.C. Lee. And they had a reputation of kind of being the not very good, kind of preppy-ish, do-gooders, north side kids. South side, we're kind of the old school kids. You know how you make stuff up. And we didn't want to go to C.C. Lee. I didn't want to go to C.C. Lee. I wanted to stay at Simmons. But anyway, we didn't have a choice, so we go up to C.C. Lee, north side, and had to learn how to adjust and whatnot, but we ended up being good in sports. In our fifth grade year, my fifth grade year, you know, you have track and field day at the end of the school year. So now it's time for track and field day, my fifth grade year in a new school. And before that, I was always the fastest kid. It's Simmons. No one was going to beat me. No one was going to outplay me in basketball. No one was going to outplay me in football. No one was going to outrun me. And I get to fifth grade at CC Lee. And I have to race against a kid also named Chad. And I heard rumors about Chad that he was fast. He was faster than me. I didn't believe the hype. And he was a quiet kid. He didn't play basketball. He wasn't, so what kind of threat was he going to be? He wasn't playing sports like me. But tell you what, he beat me. (laughs) And he beat me good. And it's crazy. I'm almost 50 years old, and I still remember that like it was yesterday. Fifth grade, he served me up some humble pie in the 50-yard dash. So now, another life lesson of, you're not all that. There are people better than you. 
There's people faster than you. There's people stronger than you. So, after you get served up a L, I got second place, but that's still a loss in my book. After serving me up an L, I had a choice, just like I had a choice in basketball. Do I just quit? Do I sulk? Do I pout? Do I cry? Or do I say, you know what? I can't wait to see you again next year, Chad. That's what I decided to do. (laughs) I couldn't wait till sixth grade so I could face him again. And we had our little rematch. And Chad, I know you're listening to this. Shout out to Chad. We had a battle, sixth grade year. I'm not even going to tell you who won. It doesn't matter. But I was waiting. I couldn't wait. And I know he couldn't wait either. So again, the point of all this is, this isn't just like me, you know, going over the glory days. Nah, this is like a metaphor for life. I don't just tell these stories, just tell them. And a lot of time, the lessons that I talk about in these stories, they overlap each other. And they deal with the one word that I love, choices. Now, in this instance, you get to choose because life is going to send you some messages. Either life will or other people will, whether they're meaning to or not. Because Mother Nature doesn't care. And a lot of times other people don't care because they want to achieve a certain goal too. And if you happen to be in their way, like I was in Chad's way in that 50-yard dash fifth grade year, you smoked me. Or if I was in Eric's way during a basketball game that they happened to win, he wasn't going to stop and wait for me to catch up. And you learn those things. That's one thing I loved about sports because that's what you learn. You either get better or you get bitter. I'll say that again. Get better or get bitter. You choose. And that happens to us all the time in life. So... I think about a lot of things that have transpired in my 49, 48 years on this earth that you come to a crossroads. And it's not as simple as a 50-yard dash, or it's not as simple as a fifth-grade basketball team or a sixth-grade basketball team or, heck, junior high and high school basketball teams. It might seem like it at the time, but it's not. It doesn't matter. But those lessons you learn, the humility you get served up from time to time can teach you those lessons. And if you don't learn them then, life will be happy to teach you. Life will be happy to serve you up some L's, some humble pie. And if you didn't learn how to deal with it early, it can seem like your whole world's going to crumble. Because you've never had to deal with it before. And again, looking back on 
different aspects, areas, chapters of my life, I can always look back on those things that taught me get better or get bitter. And even if you choose to try to get better, there's still no guarantees. That's what a lot of people don't get. Like, why am I working so hard for this? I'm not going to get anywhere. It's not going to get me anywhere. How do you know? It might not. You might be right. But what's the alternative? Just sit there and pout? Sit there and cry? Sit there and blame someone else? Don't be that person. How many people do you know that have been sitting back because life served them a big plate of humble pie and they just chose to be bitter? And they're still living in their past, thinking about what could have been, thinking of how things could have gone, thinking of what should have happened, the should-haves, the could-haves, the would-haves, and they just sit there. Oh, the coach didn't play me enough. Oh, my dad didn't give me enough opportunities. Oh, my so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that. Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't help you. But it's easier. It's a lot easier to just sit back and play that game than it is to actually do what it takes to get better. And even if you do do what it takes to get better and you still don't become the top dog, that might be a big risk. But again, what's the alternative? So as you listen to this, as I'm listening to myself talk, I think about these things. I think about the times even I got bitter that sat back and wanted to play the blame game and wanted to point the fingers and wanted people to feel sorry for me. But you're not going to get up. No one's going to help you up. And if they do, I hope you're at least trying to stand up on your own. That message has been sent before. Mike Tyson, the champ, he said he had a quote. I think he said something like, everyone's got a great plan until they get punched right in the face or something like that, something along those lines. And that's 100% true. We all got a great plan until life punches us in the face or someone else does, figuratively and literally. And then what are you going to do? Get better or get bitter? Again, get better or get bitter? We get to choose. So I'll say the last thing. I'm thankful for those losses. Looking back on them, I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for the losses that I've had to endure. Because they've made me better because I chose to get better instead of just sit there and complain about it. Yeah, it hurts. 
Yeah, the bruises take a little while to heal. Sometimes the cuts do, sometimes the breaks do. But if you do the right thing and do what you can to get better, they'll heal stronger. It'll make you better. So I'm thankful again for all those times that I was humbled and continue to get humbled. I look forward to it sometimes. I look forward to those times where life will teach me a lesson. Almost daily, especially as you get older and you try to do that extra pull-up. And you used to be able to do a few more in your younger years, but you're still trying to get that bar or the push-ups. Or if you're, whatever it happens to be, I use those analogies because they hold true for me. Everyone else has their own analogies too. What holds true for them. So, get better or get bitter. You choose. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving week and a great Thanksgiving on Thursday. And thank you. I'm grateful for everybody that's in my life. Grateful for everybody that's played a role in my life and still continues to do so. Keeps me inspired and keeps me on my toes. So I thank you. I'm out. You never know where you're going if you don't look back. Hold it tight like a fist forward, fades the black. You got a relic. Best to keep it true. A ticket to the past that can bring you to. You got a relic. You come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes back on you. A relic. Best to keep it true. A ticket to the past that can bring you to. You got a relic. They come far and few. Remember what you do, it comes